you, you, if, if you have more than 10 minutes of content, you need to make it interactive and really get people engaged, engage, you know, take a poll, get them to talk, get their opinion, um, you know, really engage with them and keep it interesting, switch up the presenters on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of have to simplify things too. You have to keep avoid too many words, use graphics, animation, less is more in this environment just mm-hmm. because it is less engaging to not be with a person. Yeah. Um, the transitions between thoughts are really important to pay attention to because um, you have to really connect what, what, what you were saying to what's coming next. Uh, transitions are a good, a good, a good time to kind of, get people re-engaged with a joke or, you know. Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today's guest is actually someone uh, quite famous on LinkedIn uh, for many reasons, but like um, I'd like to welcome uh, Steve uh, from Badger Maps. So Steve Benson, welcome to the uh, to the show. Hey Thibaut, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. It's okay. uh, it's a wild time, but it's, uh, it's a sunny day in California right now, so. Yeah, sunny day in Berlin too, so it's pretty great, yeah. Cool. So thanks for coming on the show. Um, can you maybe introduce yourself to the audience um, so yeah, they can get an idea of who you are? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I'm Steve Benson. I, uh, I guess uh, my, my day job is that I'm CEO of Badger Maps, which is a uh, Badger Maps is a, a really hard word to say in French, actually. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what we do is we are a software company for field salespeople. And so we, we have an application that, uh, that helps field salespeople do a lot of things that makes them more efficient, focus on the right customers, and et cetera, uh, build routes. But who I, I guess that's my day job. On the side, I'm, uh, I guess I, I, I coach people in sales and I put out a lot of uh, content and information about how to be a better sales leader and better salesperson. Um, my background, uh, I was at Google for a while and I was, I was a top salesperson there. And then before that, I went to business school at Stanford um, and I worked at a couple other companies selling technology as well, um, IBM and HP. Okay, great. Um, and so, so can you maybe, so that, that's actually very interesting for me so that you, you have like your, your, uh, the CEO and founder of, uh, of, you know, Badger Maps, which actually is uh, helping uh, field sales kind of like and outside sales people uh, kind of making routes and on the side doing coaching. So can you maybe tell me a bit more about this kind of uh, structure and how you find the way, like the time to do these two things? Well, um, I don't do much. I don't, I don't do, I don't do any paid coaching. It's all, um, it's kind of my, my goal in general is to, 
is to create content that I share with the world. It's not, it's not really a paid gig. Uh, I guess occasionally I make money at it, but um, for the most part, uh, the stuff that I've created is more for educational or hobby purposes than, than career purposes. So, you know, if I, I mean, I, I guess occasionally I'll get paid for this or that, but um, the, the focus is, is really the, the day job. And then all the coaching I do is, is more of a, of a side hobby, I guess. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Good. Um, and actually there's a, I said you were famous on LinkedIn because you have like a course where you are on LinkedIn. It's a LinkedIn course where we can see you, uh, mm-hmm. which is amazing. How did you get that actually? How did you land this gig? Um, so, uh, let's see, how did I land that gig? <laughs> I think, um, you, you know, I, I, uh, they, they reached out to me because they saw a presentation that I'd given and they wanted, um, I guess the first course I taught on LinkedIn and LinkedIn bought this company, Linda, and, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, uh, an educational video company. Yeah. And, and, and so they bought them and then I guess they, they saw a course that I had taught somewhere else and uh, about how to follow up from a sales call. And so they, yeah. they wanted someone to cover that topic. And so they reached out to me. To, to do it for them. And they, they're super professional about it. Um, they have a whole studio down in Santa Barbara. And so I flew down and made, made that video for them, which was, which was a really cool experience. And then I went back and did a, a second training video on um, how to be a great sales manager. And, and I think the way this works, I'm not sure if it's still free, but for the first month it was free for anyone that was connected to me. But uh, so if you want to just try out their platform, you can yeah. connect to me on LinkedIn. And then I, I believe the way it works is it becomes free. Otherwise, they sell it for like 20 bucks a course yeah. or something. And, and, I, and you can buy an all-you-can-eat subscription to their product as well. It's, they've got some great content. They do a great mm-hmm. job. Yeah, yeah, no, really interesting content, very tactical. So I really like it. So I'll put the link also um, in the description of the episode so people can see that. But uh, really good job there. So um, today, today we'll talk um, actually about like uh, managing and like leading a sales team in like a time of crisis and downturn. So we obviously like having, a, you know, the economy we're heading to is not the same as the one we are living. Um, so for the next, I don't know, a few months, years, things will be a bit tough. And one thing is that right now, sellers are working from home, prospects are working from home, and even when the restrictions are lifted, so business travel most likely won't be the same as uh, as it used to be. So how do you lead sellers to succeed in this new remote selling environment? Well, I mean, and, and this is the, the, this is, uh, this is unfortunately my third economic crisis. I was, uh, I was in, the, I just graduated from college and I was looking for a job and right into the 2001 economic crisis. And then um, obviously the 2008 and now, now this one, um, my my generation. Uh, I was born in 1978. My my generation's really been uh, really really been hammered on this one. The, uh, the there's uh, three in a row here. But um, in terms of uh, how to be a sales leader, I mean, I guess there's a lot to it. I mean, le- leading in a time of crisis uh, is is probably the hardest time to lead, and you have to be in the right mindset to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be a, a wartime leader is very different than than a peacetime leader because you have to be able, you often have to be able to make you know really challenging decisions and um, and, and 
and have the and be able to manage people need you to manage with a steady hand and 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 be someone they can trust to make really important and and sometimes the hard decisions i mm -hmm. mean uh a lot of teams right now are are obviously they need to you know they're they're if you're a vp of sales there's a very good chance already your ceo has come to you and said we need to cut our costs off your team so you know lower lower the costs um <laughs> because uh, revenues have fallen and, and so a, a very common move in those times is for management to need to balance things off with costs yeah. uh, cost cutting so I guess the, the first the first uh, th that's one of the hardest and not most most uh, most important parts of leadership is, is how do you approach that situation um, for starters I think it's it's uh, better to get rid of your if you have people to if you have people that uh that aren't great on the team it's a it, you know the first move is is to let those people go unfortunately mm -hmm. um so look for the low performers that you kind of need to let go and and those are the, those are the first ones uh newer reps that haven't scaled up but and aren't performant yet uh that's all, also obviously a good place to go to if if you if if your CEO holds a gun to your head and says you know you have to cut costs here, um, but it that's kind of the obvious move. It, some a lot of times the cuts need to be deeper than that, or you don't have anyone on your team. I mean, if you're doing a, job, a good job already, there there's no one on your team that that isn't great and that you could let go, and uh, or or that, that you'd want to let go of, or it wouldn't damage the business to let go of, and so. Once, if you have to make those deeper cuts that are closer to the bone, then you know you're going to have to fire people that are great that you don't want to that you don't want to fire. Mm -hmm. Or the second option is to lower all the lower everyone's salary across the board. And obviously, these are both bad options. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I guess the, the, my my advice there is first, if you are going to do layoffs um, and, and cut closer to the bone. Like if you, if you lay someone, if, if you have to lay someone off that everyone's kind of like, yeah, they're not that good. And no, you know, it's then, then it's one thing, but if you're laying off a bunch of people that everyone says, wow, that's a great guy. We, we hate losing them. Like that, they're a really great performer on the team. So that's a teammate I didn't want to lose. If you're, if you're going that deep, um, my, the first piece of advice is, is do it all at once. So make, make the cuts that you, need to make once instead of dragging it out and doing a whole bunch of little cuts because that's if you do many cuts it's really tough on morale and everyone's kind of looking over their own shoulder to see if they're next and and uh, yeah. it keeps people from being focused and, and getting things back on track um so you know i think the uh the the, the COVID economic crisis is is maybe a little different than a lot than, than a lot of other situations um you know then then maybe if your job if your business is just having a tough time in general because right now there aren't a lot of other jobs people to go to so it's a big deal if, if yeah. someone loses their job that's that's so you really want to be extra empathetic in these mm -hmm. situations mm -hmm. now if you do have to make a choice between uh between making doing a doing a layoff of good people and lowering everyone's salary across the board, I would choose to lower everyone's salary across the board on your on your sales team. Um, 
if you're a, a sales leader and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and your CEO says, Hey, we got to cut costs by 20%. You can fire 20% of the people, or you can lower everyone's salary by 20%. Yeah. And I would, if, if you're down to only good people, I would choose the lowering the salary option, which isn't necessarily traditional business wisdom. I think a mm -hmm. lot of classically, a lot of people would say, Hey, you know, you just got to stack rank everybody and get rid of the, the bottom 20%. But I think that the COVID economic crisis is different. And then, and so classic wisdom, I think you might want to set aside. And, and it's because people, people, the team normally wouldn't want to stomach if, if just your business was having a downturn, but the rest of the economy is fine. Mm -hmm. you, if you lower everyone's salary, you're going to lose a lot of your best people who can find jobs the easiest. Yeah. Whereas in this particular crisis, I think that uh, people, people are more open to just ha like tightening everyone's belt and, and, uh, and gutting through it because we, I think a lot of people believe that it will be, you know, there, there will be a recovery this ends and and so it's not forever mm -hmm. um so i think that that maybe you want to maybe going with the lowering the salary is a better option and i would say lower the base not the bonus yeah so take that 20 percent of their total comp out of base not bonus because you don't want to de-incentivize um new sales yeah uh and, and that's it's a lot easier to lower people's bonuses than people's bases so once again you have to you know have have the a, the steady hand of a, and make the tough decision there that might not be the most popular, but it will. You want to keep the incentive in place to bring in new revenue, because that revenue is so important because that's the lifeblood of the whole business, mm -hmm. not just paying for your sales team's uh, jobs, but you're also paying for everybody else in the company as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's um, very interesting. And, and there's something you said I'd like to come back on. Uh, so you said it's your third economic uh, crisis basically since you you've started working. Uh, for me, I, still, I believe that's not the last one, uh, you know, before you end working. And um, I mean, like, what, don't you believe actually that? So, I mean, there's like the, the classic theory about economic cycles and crisis and everything. But like, um, so what, don't you believe it's, it's actually something we have to get used to? Because for me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not starting, but like I've been in business like what, for 10 years now. It's the first real kind of a downturn I see. But I'm like, okay, I, I will see maybe three to six more, you know, until I retire, basically. So, uh, what's your opinion yeah. on that? I, I completely agree. I mean, it's uh, you know, these things are both cyclical, and and also things just happen in the world, right? I mean, I, you know, some some ec economists are saying, well, we were kind of set up for this anyway, and, and this is just the, the straw that blew through the camel's back, but. Um, you know, as opposed to just breaking it, but uh, I, I pro since since you have a lot of European listeners, I probably shouldn't use weird weird American slang like that. <laughs> the, 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 the straw that the straw that break it's not the final thing. Uh, when I say the straw that break, breaks the camel's back, it's like the final thing that like pushes things over the edge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so in this particular case, I would say. Uh, you know, yes, I, I completely agree with you that we'll see this again and again. And this is this is a part of management. And that's why I think it's so important to um, to give some thought to how how you need to lead in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. And it really is different than how you need to lead in, in the good times. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. Um, so actually, it's very different to give sales presentation to prospects remotely. And uh, many salespeople usually they meet their customers in person, like you know, uh, to shake hands, and uh, and they had to suddenly rush to remote selling. So as you've run inside and outside sales teams in the past, what advice can you give to sellers about presenting on Zoom? Um, well, first, yeah, this, and this is a real challenge, um, especially for a lot of our customers who are all in field sales, because there, there are many, many products that the best way to sell this product is just in person and you're at a huge disadvantage if you have to sell it over the phone. Um, you know, it, just like there are products that you really need a, a, a showroom for, and that's why retail exists, right? Yeah. Um, there, there are some products that you can sell just fine over the phone. I mean, we, we sell a lot of our products over the phone, um, because we're not in every country that we sell to, but, um, but, uh, you know, me obviously, but we, you know, I, I think there are, there are, a, and, and sure there are sale, there are things that you can sell that hardly need, you know, sales, but you can just market them on, you know, Amazon or Alibaba or get a, get it, you know, go through Shopify and build your own site and just sell them over the internet. But a lot of products that have traditionally been sold in person were sold that are sold that way because the best way to sell them is in the field and they're not easy to sell over the phone or on zoom. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's, it really was the best strategy. So, um, you know, if you, if you find yourself in that position, then especially how you present over, over zoom and, and, uh, and how you do, how you approach this uh, needing to sell remotely is, is something that's important to think about. First, I would say when I'm thinking about giving a presentation over Zoom and instead of uh, in person, is make everything more brief. So audiences begin to lose their attention after 10 minutes of hearing from a presenter over Zoom, mm -hmm. and uh, it. You, you, if you have more than 10 minutes of content, you need to make it interactive and really get people engaged, you know, take a poll, get them to talk, get their opinion, um, you know, really engage with them and keep it interesting, switch up the presenters on your side. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think you kind of have to simplify things too. You have to keep, avoid too many words, use graphics, animation, less is more in this environment just mm -hmm. because it is less engaging to not be with a person. Yeah. Um, the transitions between thoughts are really important to pay attention to because um, you have to really connect what, what, what you were saying to what's coming next. Uh, transitions are a good, a good, a good time to kind of get people re-engaged with a joke or, you know, take their temperature, see how things are going it's much harder for your prospect to listen well in, in this zoom type environment. It's so easy to be distracted or so easy to space out. Uh, so you want to really transition well and summarize well at the end of each point. Um, you want to look straight into the camera. Uh, you, you don't want to be looking at your screen the whole time or looking off into the distance the whole time. Uh, you want to wear clothes that are neutral in color. So like plaid or stripes can show up weird on, mm -hmm. uh, on, on the internet, obviously, or through zoom, obviously, uh, you want to light yourself well and, and be lit from above. A lot of people are investing in little lights that you can attach to your computer, especially mm -hmm. if you're, if, if, if you're not in a bright room, I don't need one right now because I'm in front of a window, but mm -hmm. the sun's out. 
but uh, those little lights you can put on your computer can, can lighten up your face. It's worth investing in a good microphone uh, to sound good. I mean, you can, you know, having, having a good mic is, is key. I was just in a Zoom meeting last night. It was one of these, uh, a local bar was, you know, had their bartenders trying to make ends meet by teaching everybody how to make a drink. And it was, uh, you know, these guys obviously aren't, aren't tech heavy and they yeah. think we're awful. It was like all echoey. You could hardly understand the guy. And, uh, you know, all he, all he needed was one of these things or, uh, you know, one of, you know, a little headset here or, or one of, uh, you know, a, a bigger microphone mm-hmm. that, that you can just buy for 50 bucks. Right. Yeah. Um, consider standing up during your presentation because not only does this keep you more focused, but, uh, it, it may, it may, it changes the sound of your voice. Um, and, you know, you're, and don't forget to, if you're presenting, present with all the same skills that you would normally use, you know, breathe from your belly and change your, your vocal variety, make your voice interesting, use pausing, um, and, and make sure if you, if they can see you that you look professional. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. These are really, really good advice actually. And, uh, on the, um, as you said, like investing in some good quality lighting microphone is something also super important because you, you just only hear your end of the, of let's say the tech, there's some other people that have like shitty tech, shitty kind of computer, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important to invest in. So the source actually is good. And um, one thing also that you said I really like is, is about engagement. So you can't really read. The thing is sometimes you're going to be maybe in front of an audience. Some people will be muted, camera off. So you have no clue what they're doing. And I would say don't be also um, kind of um, like disturbed by the fact that people do not give you any kind of visual cues because you know you won't be able to see that most of the time so it's it's fine mm-hmm. and the best way I, w- I found actually is just to ask questions as you said being shorter and ask questions get them engaged so you can have an idea and um yeah i think that's that's the best best practice there yeah it's so easy to to get it, to, this change can throw people off their game and you have to remember your fundamentals of sales and, and do the same things as you would as you, in person, you know, make sure you're listening. It's so easy to get in the talking mode mm-hmm. when you're not in a room with someone and kind of reading their body language and, you know, realizing they're getting bored or realizing they're shut off. You, you, a lot of things that you kind of do automatically in person, you can really lose here. You can, you can not notice their, the way they, the, 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 like you might pick up that this person over there at the table has an objection mm-hmm. um, because of the way they're sitting or because of the a facial expression they subtly made that, and you, you would then work to elicit that objection so you could overcome it. Yeah. But in, in this environment, you can't do that. And so, you know, th- there's, there's things like that that you have to, you, the blocking and tackling of your sales skills need to maybe be reevaluated and how can I, how can I still do that? How can I still accomplish that? Mm-hmm. um in this environment okay yeah exactly um and so, so as a sales manager you can't really meet with your team the way you used to so how do you tackle this kind of struggle in terms of uh, training and coaching well i mean the, this is an interesting time from a training and coaching perspective um once again, that FaceTime is so important. And if you can't get it, it's harder to, it's harder to be, you know, it's harder to do remotely. Basically. I think that a a trick and a, and a, a trick that works right now that I think is really effective is this is a time of change. And 
Um, in times of uncertainty and in times of change, one of the best things to do as a leader is to <clears throat> listen to the boots on the ground knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, th these, this idea comes from General uh, Stan McChrystal, who um, was running things in Afghanistan in a, in a tough time. And he, he uh, was famous for listening to the people, li listening to the boots on the ground, listening to let, letting them make decisions at the lowest level and then listening and finding best practices for what was working in this small group over here and listening to them and taking those best practices and, and get letting everyone know them. Um, so, so uh, you want to, you want to basically the best way to coach your team right now is to learn from them about what's working mm -hmm. and empower them to be coaches to each other. So how do you, how do you do that? Uh, not in the army, but um, in, on a sales team, I think that you, you need to figure out um, what, what needs to happen for your team to sell successfully in this new environment. You need to look for the people on your team that are finding that are doing the things that make them successful mm -hmm. and then have enable them to teach everyone else how they did it. So maybe one of your reps figures out that a certain segment of your customer base is still buying mm -hmm. right now, or maybe even has larger needs. And you know, it's not the normal part of your, not the normal customers that you're always selling to, but it's a new, it's a new part of your base and they, mm -hmm. but they figure out how to get your product into this new group of, of customers. Mm -hmm. You can empower them on how to train the rest of the team to sell to this type of organization. Um, and we kind of did that at Badger a bit. I mean, we, we normally sell the field salespeople, obviously, but we, we, uh, we, we, during this period, we've been selling to medical organizations who, uh, like, who are sending doctors out into the field to visit mm -hmm. people at home, and uh, we'd always kind of done that. Like, we'd had we'd had like mobile nurse companies before, and who went around to people's houses and dealt with them, and they'd be, they'd used our product because they have basically the same problem as field salespeople, but uh, with a little tweak on it. And then in this time, that became you know suddenly they needed to be able to go out. Mm -hmm. And so that became a new market for us. Um, but, uh, you know, and, 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 and so that, I guess that was more or less selling to a whole new customer, but someone, but be, having, having someone on my team who figured that out, be able to teach the rest of the team was really helpful. Um, you know, so maybe, maybe it's, you know, we, we had people that were selling beer to bars, right. And they mm -hmm. were, those customers of ours were just totally out of business, you know, but one of them I know sort of was selling to like apartment buildings. And so they would like, they would like make it, they had a relationship with the apartment building where they could show up and, and uh, the, the apartment building had like a mass email list and they could be like, Hey, this brewery is bringing us, um, is bringing us beer. If anyone mm -hmm. wants it, um, just let us know your orders. And they kind of coordinated it all. Mm -hmm. So they, they fully, and that was not something they did at all before, but they shifted for this time. So whichever in that particular case, you know, if, if they, uh, that's another example of they've done a new thing. You can, you could learn from that rep and have them, have them teach everyone. Okay. So how do you, you make sure your reps kind of know they have to share this kind of, uh, of insights and experience that they, the experiments they do. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta identify which rep is best at the different skills that are, that are making people successful mm -hmm. in this environment and then have them literally teach the rest of the team.
Okay. So give them that leadership role. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think something super important into, uh, to keep having these, these weekly meetings and, uh, and give the, you know, like give the stage to your, your reps so they can share good insights and, uh, and train other people. And, uh, and so I, I guess for coaching, so one-on-one coaching, uh, do you see like a big difference or it's not something that is too different because if you're one-on-one in a zoom call or in person, I guess you don't can't really, really read the verbal communication, but at least, I mean, the non-verbal, but you can, I mean, it's very similar otherwise. Do you see any different there, any difference there? Yeah. And I think, you know, j- just like it's important to one-on-one coach normally uh, on a weekly basis to meet with everyone on your team. Um, I think sales leaders uh, should keep doing that now. And, and yeah, it, you know, it's, I think that's less of a transition. A lot of those meetings, those weekly one-on-ones were already happening remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I think that those, those calls don't work as well remotely as they would do in person, but I think that's easier than the transition to selling to your customers. Mm-hmm. You just, once again, you have to, you know, just like if it was a customer, you have to remember to listen and remember to get back to your fundamentals on, uh, on, on how, to, what you're trying to, how you manage and, and remember that how, what you're doing and, and make sure you're still doing it in this different environment if you're Mm -hmm. because like you said things like body language you can't you can't pick up on but uh but yeah i mean i definitely keep doing the one-on-ones in in, during this time and Mm -hmm. keep that communication going um and and keep coaching okay so um um, budgets are frozen and your purchases are on hold so how do you keep your sales team motivated when they might get a deal right to the end and because of all these shutdown and lockdowns they just are not able to get these deals through so how do you keep them uh, motivated when they they can't control what's happening to them basically yeah i mean it, i think it's a hard time to be motivated i've actually i think um it, it's a hard it's harder than normal to be motivated, mm-hmm. obviously. And I think the, the key is to keep, to keep communicating with your team and keep their focus on the future. I mean, the, the only way out of hard times is by fighting through them. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, they just will lose more deals in this time than they would have otherwise, you know, the budgets are tighter and, you know, everybody's cranking down. You're going to lose customers as they go out of business or as they tighten their belts um, but I, I think, uh, it, it's important to keep people focused on the future and focused on, on the other side. And, uh, and you know, the, this dark economic times do have le- a light at the end of the tunnel and you just have to keep fighting to, through towards it. Um, and, uh, and you have to help your team see that as a leader. Yeah, exactly. For me, one of the best kind of way I found this is, um, all this energy, so past the kind of initial shock phase when you realize things are not as easy as before and all the deals you were counting on are kind of not there anymore, is like to divert all this energy you spend, you know, thinking about everything that is wrong to going back in prospecting. And so when you're doing cold outreach and you are like really, you know, spending all this, this energy in, the, in that, you will see more and more results. And if you're smart about it, you'll see people like you start more conversations, you'll build pipeline. And this is going to be beneficial. So for me, I can tell you the experience, the experience I had is that I didn't do cold outreach before. I was like doing enough with inbound and on LinkedIn, like I had enough business coming out of it. And everything dried up suddenly because people are, you know, they still have the need, but they, they were just, everyone was freaking out. 
So mm-hmm. went back to Cold Outreach and I started more conversations, closed some business. And then you see, like the thing is, there's this um, uh, self, I call it self-fulfilling prophecies. Like whenever you say, hey, no one's making a decision, no one's closing anything. Actually, what happens is no one will actually make decisions with you or close anything with you. If you mm-hmm. think about it, if you just do that. So the thing is just to say, okay, like some things are still going. As you said, you know, you, you maybe put more, um, you know, like more focus on helping, you know, medical services and because they are, in, you know, they are in full, like full work there or people who are surviving with their brewery. Now they bring that to private people. And so there's always a solution. It's obviously going to be tougher and everyone will make less money, will be less successful, but it doesn't mean you have to kind of give up and uh, you can still make it. Through. So I think it's transitioning this energy to action basically. Absolutely. That's fantastic advice. And I think get your, get your team to focus on the results for the year, not the results for the quarter. Um, you know, the next, the next, the quarter that you're in might be disappointing, but um, you can make up for it next quarter. If you, you know, a lot of these deals that you're losing right now, a lot of them aren't a no, they're just a not now. Yeah. And, and so they're pushing out into the future. If we close all these deals next quarter, this quarter will still be bad. But if you, if you, the work that you're doing right now isn't for nothing, if you close these deals next quarter and, and that saves the year. And so we can end up being, you know, the losses for the year can be not that bad, even if the losses for the quarter are catastrophic. Yeah. And, and you do that by prospecting and by continuing to put one foot in front of the other and, and uh, focusing on good sales skills and, and getting deals right up to the edge of closing, even if they're not closing because of the timing, because of the uncertainty, you know, as things turn around, um, a lot of them will close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's uh, interesting times, actually. It's, uh, I think if we just survive it, you know, like we'll survive it, but as you... You know, you get this this experience. So for me, something interesting is that, um, you know, I'm 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 like 29, so I'm like a millennial, and we never had we never had it hard tough. Basically, it was always easy for us, you know. And so, um, so right now, I just feel like we we'll, we're getting way older, way more mature, and it's kind of pushed on us. And I can't I can't wait to see what we're gonna be when we go out of it because I feel like. You know, I'll be able to go to the previous generation, say, hey, you know, I went through this. I know how to deal in crisis and I'll be able to kind of give advice, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the next one. So I think it's, that's the way I see it. It's just like, um, if you look at the, you know, the timeline of uh, of your life, this will be relatively short. This will be quite insignificant, I think, and it will be kind of a good learning opportunity. So uh, that's what I kind of always keep in mind. And, um, And yeah, it's like, Seriously, like in terms of technology of research, there's so many solutions that are being built. So I think that's the the kind of thing to keep in mind is uh, this is just a small blip in our life and it won't last for for years, basically. So true. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, a positive attitude in this time and and uh, can we'll we'll get through on the other side. And that's. We have in every other economic challenge in the past, so it's just it's it's uh, about putting one foot in front of the other during the tar- tough times and just marching through the cold, and and then uh, you eventually get to the other side. Yeah, exactly. 
Good. So, um, so now, I'd actually, I'd like to give you a chance to to kind of uh, talk about anything you wanna you wanna talk about, pitch anything. So, is there anything special coming soon, or anything you wanna talk about? Um, well, on our website, uh, badgermapping.com, we have a bunch of resources that are helpful for people to, you know, there's free resources available for people on selling during times of crisis and, mm -hmm. um, how, how they can, how they can stay focused and, and, uh, and be successful in these times. Um, so definitely check those out. Um, in general, uh, you know, it's easy. Best way to reach me is is on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I mean, you just look up Steve Benson Badger Maps. Uh, I'm easy to find. Um, if uh, if if anyone that is in field sales that is interested in learning what we do and, and how we help field salespeople, just for an enduring my uh, my enduring my, all my lectures here uh just let my let my whoever you talk to on our sales team or customer team know that um that i told i said that you could have uh, uh two months free of badger and they'll give it to you um to try it out and and uh you know just do kick the tires and do a do a trial of of badger to uh so that when you when you're going back out into the field you can hit the ground running and and uh and be successful Okay, perfect. And and yeah, definitely go and listen to your your podcast, which um, is like the the outside outside sales talk. That's right. That's a, yeah. It's yeah. you got great guests, um, and so it's it's definitely really a good uh, a good listen. So yeah, yeah, it's a fun one. Listen. It's it's uh it's the only podcast I think focused on field salespeople, and yeah. so I bring in experts. Um, you've been on it, obviously. Um, the uh, experts in sales get their opinions on on how these things apply for field salespeople. So it's a field sales focused podcast, yeah. which is really, really unique, I think, and useful. Exactly. Yeah. No, really, really cool podcast. So great. Good, Steve. So thanks so much for coming on the show. That was really, really insightful and uh, great tactical tips. So really happy to have you there. And uh, yeah, come back soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Thibaut. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>